Jesus nah. Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a Episode 509 for March 19th, 2018. Spring is almost upon us, gentlemen. Is it? Indeed. It, it kind is. Kind of chilly outside. It, Only 11 days until opening day, which is the most important thing to me. Well, What's opening? What's opening, right? Baseball season. Oh, right. Baseball. The baseball Everybody like the beers. How how long does a season of baseball last? Like, does it? Go, uh, like, usually it goes until early early November, but this year they're starting the season early, so it may still go to the first week of November, but it'll probably end in late October. The uh, they started the season earlier this year so that they can add some extra days off. There's 162 games in a season. My so. God, I, I think that is too many games. That is way too many games. That's a lot. That's a lot of games. <laughs> you don't think it's enough games, right? No, I really do think it's enough. Oh, okay. But, but like, what do you think that is? There's such a difference between, let's say, football and baseball in terms of the sheer volume of games in a season. Is it so that they try to make the money back from the usage of or the ownership of the stadiums? They try to get as much volume, you know, even uh, well, the, the ticket prices for baseball games are a heck of a lot cheaper than the ticket prices for football games. Most, most definitely. Um, I think it's just it's a le- it's less of a contact sport. Mm-hmm. Um, they've uh, expanded the number of the games over the years, but it's always been a, a sport that has a high volume of games. Um, true. It's you know, even the NBA season's eighty-one games. Yeah, but that's We're still at, not one hundred and sixty. That's like half. Yeah, sure. But I mean, like, is there any sports that's more? Events no. than baseball. I was gonna say that's that's a lot of events. Yeah, that's a lot of balls the pitchers got to throw per season, man. Yeah, but there's like <laughs> ten pitchers, insane. so they don't play every. That's where they they pitch every true. five days usually. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense because imagine having to do like you know two days in a row back to back just <laughs> About nine to... innings of throwing a fucking ball, man. That'd yeah, be, like, your arm would just throw off with the ball. Most of them aren't pitching nine innings anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. But uh, I guess if you're shooting like a was it a no hitter, that's how many how many per twenty twenty seven balls, right? Perfect. A perfect game would be twenty seven outs. Yeah, twenty twenty seven outs. Oh, twenty seven outs. So that'd be multiplied by three, right? Well, it, uh, I mean, if you if, if you struck everybody out in three pitches, but, yeah, you yeah, could you could happen. throw some balls in there and some foul balls and so, like you so you probably throw what thirty five forty pitches at least. Mm-hmm. In the history of baseball, how many like no hitters have there been in like an actual seasonal game? You know, uh, you mean how many no hitters in a season? Um, no, just like in like a, in the history of baseball, like oh, there okay. can't be that many, right? I have no idea. Well, there's a lot more no hitters than there are perfect games. So okay, That's fair enough. Okay, 
the uh, but no, I mean usually if a, if a guy's throwing a no hitter or a perfect game, he's going to be over a hundred pitches usually. Right. That's I don't I don't know much lot. about baseball, so all this stuff is interesting to me. So new no, knowledge. Hundred pitches is a lot for a guy. Sure. My arm would be tired. So you're fucking throwing that ball at like 115 miles per hour a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty rough. I don't know how catchers do it. I played catcher for years. Man, I swear your knees kill you. They hurt so bad. You got those knee savers now. Yeah, I I didn't have those when I was you know playing little league. What's a knee saber? It's like a wedge, little foam wedge that goes behind your knees, so that when you're squatted oh. down as a catcher, it. That's a, that's a very primitive thing to do, but that actually makes a hell of a lot of sense. Actually, that's cool. I wish I'd have had those. I didn't have those. Now I'm just old. And I have bad knees. Anyway, video games. Those are a thing. Sometimes. There's some pretty exciting ones to talk about this week. Sure are. You, you don't you don't agree? No, I said there sure are. Oh, okay. Okay. Well why don't you talk about yours, Jay? I know. Oh, okay. So so sorry, uh, I didn't introduce everybody. Jay is here. Oh, okay. Namaste. <laughs> and, and, and Wombat's here. and I am also here. Everybody get on Twitter and yell at Drew because he missed another fucking show. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Drew. Damn you. He has the time to retweet our our thing to get your tweets in, but he doesn't have time to be here. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Fuck you. Come on, man. <laughs> Things aren't going to change, huh, Drew? It's only going to get worse and worse and worse, <laughs> and then we'll just call him Jason Mach 2, and then it'll be fine. <laughs> We'll have to bring on the new guy. We'll have to get a, we'll have to get a Drew placement. Yeah, I guess so. Drew placement. <laughs> <laughs> but he can't he can't be himself. He needs to be an imitation of Drew at all times. You know. Oh, absolutely. Just his dad has yeah. to sell propane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> uh, to start up a business real and, quick. And propane accessories. Don't forget about that. <laughs> and propane accessories. That's uh, that's just wild to me. The fact that it. Drew's father really did sell propane. Yeah. And then I thought he was just, you know, just messing with us, you know, just to be funny. But it's like, no, he really did. I was like, all right. Oh, damn all it, right. Drew. When the stereotype becomes a reality, you know. Watch out. Yep. So the uh, games that I've been playing for the last few weeks, actually, uh, technically, uh, the two games I've been reviewing uh, are Yakuza 6. I finished the review up of that. I did a bit of a stream. I had a good time. Um, and boy, that game, it's one of those games that you play through and you just understand that you're, you're playing through something that's special, you know, you're playing a game that means something. That's not just another entry in a long running series. This is something that everything has been building towards. And that's the kind of game Yakuza 6 is from a visual standpoint. It's the best looking Yakuza game yet built from the ground up using a brand new engine. They call the, the dragon engine, I guess makes sense, right? Uh, built, uh, built for the PS4. The game looks fantastic. Um, runs great on the PS4 Pro. It's not 60, but it runs at a pretty rock solid 30 at all times. Um, the just 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 the hustle and bustle of the Kamurocho city. Just so many NPCs just running around doing whatever they're doing. The heat moves and the the combat feels a lot more visceral thanks to the uh, visual upgrade as well. You can really feel each of the impact of the fist and just the foot basically digging into people's asses. It feels good. And the thing that I liked the most about this game was the storyline. Because 
someone like me who has followed the series from the very beginning, from like 13 years ago when I first played Dakuza 1 on PS2, and all the way over here, you know, seven games into the series in full, you know, with the Yakuza 0, and playing Yakuza 6 and seeing the conclusion of uh, Kiryu's story was emotional. Like, I have no qualms admitting that some of the last parts of the uh, segment, like, made me, like, shed a few tears. I just got really, really just invested in what was going on. Um, <clears throat> not just to him, but all the people around him, because the living the living city that is Kamurocho is a place that you've revisited countless times. And things change, and the people that inhibit it also change, and they get older over the years. So you have this guy who used to kind of have this... Uh, well, he used to do a lot of... The, do you remember the uh, guy that does the little plastic racing cars, Ken? Yes, from yeah. Zero. Yeah, from Zero. Yeah. But he's basically in a bunch of the other games, too. Okay. And you understand his kind of play, you know, the idea that he was kind of this grown person, and he was interested in something that was mostly made for children. And he had to kind of come to, uh, you know, a realization, it doesn't really matter what other people think. If you truly are passionate about something, that's something that you can really enjoy. And seeing his growth as a character, just this side character that had no part in the main story at all, from one game to the other, just seeing him grow and seeing him end up at this whole new place, at this part of life where he's kind of, you know, he's got like gray hair now, you know, he's married, he has a child, and he's trying to make a living and then not be a disappointment to his wife who's constantly putting him down because he's not making as much money as she would like. And then being kind of alienated from his his son because he doesn't want to share his passion. He doesn't want him to turn out to be someone that, you know, was what he believes to be a failure. And seeing his his story arc kind of conclude along with Kiryu's was, is, is, is really, really heartwarming. Because it's not just about Kiryu, it's about the city of Kamurocho. It's about the people that were there and how they've changed over the years. And I think Yakuza 6 does this wonderfully. And there's over like 50 side stories. Uh, I will say like half of them are involving characters that you've met before in some in some regards or another. Other half is kind of this like like irrele- irrelevant like humor that really kind of goes off the wall. You play Yakuza Zero, right? Uh, right, uh, Ken. So you know you know what I'm talking about. The game gets crazy sometimes with the humor. Uh, like, it, it, care. it gets something. The, the, there's some weird stuff going on in there. Sure. <laughs> Did you play that part where you're uh, escorting Michael Jackson? Yeah, the moon. The, the yeah, and, the, video. and the, he's doing a moonwalk down the city, yeah. and you're protecting him from zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a game about yakuza. You know, people getting killed, turf wars, bonds of family, and then you have side missions like that that really kind of knots up the humor. It, it has this ability to balance this ridiculous humor with this insanely serious. And dark tone, you know? And I don't know how it does it. I, I don't know how it does it so well, but Yakuza is one of the only series that can have both. It can have the cake and eat it too. And I think uh, that's really something special. I won't, I'm not going to go into the details of the story too much because I think that's something that everyone should experience for themselves. But I will say that from just a content point, in, in the fighting, uh, where you're able to target multiple enemies, like, really much simpler than before, there's better animation for your attacks, so everything looks more fluid. So, yeah, there's a lot to it. And also, as you continuously level up your character, 
and kind of unlock new skills for Kiryu, increase his overall stats. Like, he just truly feels like someone to be reckoned with. He feels like a force of nature. I did a New Game Plus run with um, him completely maxed out, and boy, like, even at the hardest difficulty, every everyone just dies in, like, one or two hits. And you just feel like a badass because you're just constantly doing these visceral hit moves where I pick up a guy and I chuck him at a lamppost just, just, just right between the crotch and just completely annihilate him. And I pick up another guy, I spin him around, I throw him down on the ground, I stomp my fist on him, another guy comes along, I grab him, I do a backbreaker on the knee with the guy's face, I'm already stomping and trying to break both of them at the same time. It's like so many ridiculous moves you can do, and it's never it never gets old because it's so outlandish. But yeah, as far as the Yakuza game goes, this is not this is not the game that you should start out with. But uh, you know, Yakuza Zero obviously the best starting point, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in news. Uh, but uh, there's even more you know good Yakuza news coming to Westward. So, uh, any questions about this game? Uh, Ken, I know you uh, kind of want to play it, right? I, I want to play it, and I'm still mm. like... <sighs> I haven't started Kiwami. I right. have not played any other game. But I kind of want to play this one because it's the most refined. Yeah, sure is. Yakuza, and I don't know... I am ne- The thing is, I'm never going to play 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think you should just skip and go over to 6 at this point. Because 1 is... Came out after Zero, yes. but it's not a sequel to Zero at all. Like in in terms of the mechanics and the refinements of the series, it feels like a step back. While Yakuza Six is a step forward in many regards. So I understand what you mean by the story, but when you pick up Yakuza Six, there is a synopsis of all the Yakuza games. So if you're interested, you can just kind of glance over it, and not knowing the story elements in certain ones won't really detract too much from the storyline. Because I think what's really important is the emotional attachment to the characters, less so what's happened in the past. You know what I mean? So if you care for Kiri, if you care for like the Detective Date and all the people around him, like Akiyama and all those other people, um, then it's good enough. I've, it's I've not going to be the best possible experience, but it's good enough. I've I'll also heard there's not there's not a whole lot of Majima in there. Uh, no, unfortunately not. This is most definitely a story about Kiryu. And yep. how he, uh, how his journey ends. I mean, and it's not about Majima. And as I understand that Majima is a, f- a fan favorite and he is one of mine as well. But this is mostly a solo outing for a very, very good reason. Because it's a, it's a personal experience, you know? Hey, I like Kiryu. But yeah. it was, it was a nice dynamic in Zero between Kiryu and, and Majima being, you know, two separate things. Certainly. I think Majima is such a fascinating character. Like that first beginning scene with Majima in the Cabaret Club, yeah. it's one of my cuts, one of my favorite cutscenes of all time. It's a long cutscene, too. Yeah, it's a long cutscene. It's brilliant in, in execution and the cinematography and everything. And kind of setting the tone for the game and the character itself. And how he's able to kind of dance around the situation to find the most uh, optimal possible outcome kind of deal. And I love that about Majima. Uh, but this one, I think, is gonna be uh, it's gonna be one for the people that's been really keeping track with uh, Kiryu, and uh, the way he has changed over the years, and what he kind of finally accomplishes in the end is something is something very, very worth seeing, uh, whether you're a fan of the series or not, because it has some good narrative connotations, I think, that we don't really get into in games nowadays, because it has it has a lot of subtlety in its storytelling. Which is something of a lost art in gaming, I think. Uh, I, I believe, like 
people that write stories for gaming assume that most of them are like idiots or something. So if they don't put it and rub your face all over it, they assume you're not going to get it. And that's not true, you know. It's, we, we, there's some sophisticated gamers out there, right? You know, we understand. We, are, we understand subtlety. We, we get the hints, you know, if we look hard enough. So it's a pre- I appreciate games that uh, uh, understand that uh, we, can, we can have an intelligent conversation about some complex topics, is what I'll say. But uh, Yakuza 6, yeah, that's it. That's one of my favorite games of the year for sure. And uh, uh, yeah, one of my favorite entries in the series. It's I like it just as much as Yakuza 0, but all for different reasons, I will say. Um, any other questions you got for me? No, I've got it pre-ordered, so I'll probably end up Sweet. picking it up. I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I'm, um, I'm excited to hear your uh, impressions as well. It's weird that the game, you know, they had that debacle with the demo actually being the full game that they put out. And then now they're putting out the actual demo out this week as well. So, uh, Sega, Sega's kind of being weird. We still don't understand why they decide to delay it to April when it's completely been, you know, finished for at least a month or two already. So, yep. eh, it is what it is. Uh, and the other game that I've been playing, uh, it was Nino Kuni 2. And it sucks that Drew's not here. Because I was going to endlessly pelt him with things. Just kind of break down his resistance to make him want to play this game. But uh, that's unfortunate he's not here. Um, what do you... You played Nino Kuni 1, right? Yep. Ken, you beat it? No. Oh, you didn't beat it? I have 50 okay. hours in and I didn't finish that game. Okay. Uh, Ryan, you don't play JRPGs too much like this one, right? No, I really don't. No. Okay. Uh, well, do you guys, are you guys familiar with Studio Ghibli? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the animation style, I think that's the thing that really stay, stands out for Nina Kuni, is its use of this Studio Ghibli-like animation and the character designs that it has. And the thing about Ghibli is that it really, truly appeals to everyone. You know, it's one of those things where you look at it and nobody says this looks bad. You know, everyone either likes it or says like, yeah, that's fine. And that is. Pretty pretty amazing in its own way, but at the same time, it has the negative connotations of possibly feeling generic, because it is trying to uh, appeal to too many, too much of the audience at the same time. Uh, I will say that it's similar for the character designs and the world and stuff like that in Nino Kuni 2, but at the same time, it still has a childlike glee in a lot of ways where the design and um, you, you you can just have like a you can get you can give a child a pencil and a paper, right? And you ask them to design like a dragon or a monster or something like that, and they'll kind of just kind of go go and just draw like a dragon with like two axes or something like that. It's got like big ass wings and things like that. It feels like a lot of designs took from what children might seem uh, might say say that is interesting, which I thought was pretty amusing. But the storyline for this one is similar to the first game in the way that the first game was about a growth, you know, a growth of a child, kind of coming to age, and most importantly, it's coming to terms with grief, is a is the major theme of Nino Kuni 1. And um, for Nino Kuni 2, it's less about grief and more about inter uh, independence. It's about kind of being this sheltered boy who used to be a prince, you know, about to take the throne of the king after the king has been assassinated, and he gets ousted. You know, by by these by these evil people, so to speak, 
and you try to find out what you want to do for the rest of your life, and you, she, he ends up making a promise to someone that's very important, saying that he wants to make a kingdom of his own, that everyone can live equally and free in that kingdom, and that's what he sets out to do. And um, it's kind of his journey going from this exiled prince into becoming a king of a brand new, respectable nation. And the element of this game that I really like is that it does have like a kingdom building element. You go to a place, uh, this this land, and you find a suitable place where there is good defense, uh, like natural defenses and resources, and you settle down, you have your group of people, and then you start building a kingdom. It starts out very, very small. And the way it works is that it takes real time to do certain things, like do research and whatnot. But if you're building a facility, it actually you know does it instantaneously, which is nice. So is upgrading facilities. So you have this resources called the King's Guilder, and that is exclusive to the to the you know area of where you're trying to facilitate your your kingdom. And as you get, uh, as your kingdom grows larger, you need to go around the world recruiting new citizens, and they bring different skills to the table. So you have these facilities, and you can put these people inside these facilities, and they'll give you a boon, like a bonus. So every, so every, every like minute or two, they give you like a resource as well, like that you can kind of pick up, and they also pay taxes. So there's like a little thing that tells you, like, okay, you're earning ten thousand King, King's Gilder per hour. So as long as the game is running, you'll be able to go back to your kingdom and just pick up that money and start using it inside the kingdom, try to uh, you know, increase uh, the facilities and make it into a, a better kingdom overall. And this uh, is pretty deep, actually, because these citizens also have exclusive skills that are tied to certain facilities, and they also level up. And they, they, they master the set skills, and you can unlock new things. It's very rewarding because you can buy very powerful items that you will not be able to buy anywhere else inside of your kingdom. You get really good discounts uh, from shopping at your own uh, kingdom. So stocking up on items and stuff like that is, is always uh, crucial to success. And just going out into the world and seeing all the citizens and they ask you basically every time to like do like one thing for them, usually. And then you go out and do that and then you add another kingdom, uh, you add another citizen to your kingdom and then you figure out where that person belongs and try to fit everything into like a... It feels like a giant, giant puzzle that you're trying to solve. You're trying to make everything optimal at all times. And I find that pretty enjoyable. So there's that brand new element, uh, which I think is good. The combat has been changed. I think Drew would be happy to hear that the the whole reliance on AI is not nearly as severe as it was before. You still have two AI partners, and what they do is they kind of go around and just attack and do whatever actions that they, ha- they have available. But you're able to switch them just by pressing a button on the D-pad at any time. So you have much better control. And the AI is not so bad that they're getting killed constantly, which is... Which is something that nobody ever wants to deal with, you know. It's like if you're gonna have AI control partners, make them smart, make them like I don't know, unable to die or something, because nobody wants to babysit an AI for an entire course of a game. It just becomes a game long escort quest at that point. So the combat is more action oriented. What you're doing is that if you see an enemy on the field, uh, inside 
inside like a dungeon, you go directly into combat. There's no little cutscene that plays that makes you go into combat. You see them on the field, you go in, and you have a square button for light attack, triangle for your heavy attacks. You kind of mess them, uh, mix them up together to com- uh, form combos. You can hold R2 and then use one of four skills that you can kind of slot in there. You can improve some of the magic and stuff like that inside of your kingdom to make it more powerful, do more things. And you have this thing called uh, it's hard to say. It was like Higgledies or something like that, or Higgles. <laughs> sure, and, why not? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. Higgle, Higgledies. Higgledy, biggledy, boo. Basically, I think Hickory, I think that's probably what it is. Hickory dickory dock. I think you're getting crazy now, Ken. Come on, man. I'm going yeah. places. Nah, that's it's not. <laughs> but uh, these are little elemental friends that kind of hang around you in combat, and there's a bunch of them, and you can actually level them up, and then they'll. They'll get nurtured, and there'll be more of them on the battlefield at once. And at a certain point in the battle, they come together, and they have this like circular, circular like a ring around them. And you can go in there, and you can actually summon them, and they'll act independently of you, and they'll do specific actions. One of them like buffs your attack, like imbues your weapons with fire. The other one has this like ring of regeneration healing. So if you just stand there, you heal for a little bit. So a lot of different things that you can mess around with, but it's not entirely necessary to success. I kind of ignored that mechanic most of the game. And just now, where I'm at the last two chapters of the game, I think it's the last two chapters of the game that I'm really kind of delving into it to maximize that as well. But uh, yeah, it just feels like a really solid, well-polished game. I think the major complaint that I will have with this game so far is that the voice acting is fairly good, but there is so little of it in the game. You know, it's one of those things where you have two spoken lines of dialogue and all of a sudden everyone just starts grunting and say like one word and then saying the rest inside the text box. That's weird because didn't the first game have a lot of voice acting? Uh, I feel like the first game might have had more. Um, It's been a long time, so I don't want to I don't want to say it like, you know, as a matter of fact. I just remember I just remember Mr. Drippy was a very talkative individual. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Thankfully, there's no Mr. Drippy. No, I'm out. There's a guy called Lofty, though. No, no Drippy. No sale. Did you really like Drippy? I I thought he was obnoxious. I like Drippy. Oh, he talked too much, dude. I like Mr. Drippy. Uh, yeah, there's a mascot character in this game, but he's not nearly as obnoxious or n- doesn't talk nearly as much, which I appreciate it. Strippy or die. Boy, Strippy mascot or characters. Now he had a fucking lamp on his nose. It's weird, Ken. Okay, uh, it's hey, not natural. You know, it's a style. It's a style choice. It's a life choice. It's fine. <laughs> it, you know what? If you have a piercing of a fucking <laughs> lamp in your nose, that really is a lifestyle choice. Hey, you know, I'm okay. It's it drippy. <laughs> oh God. Just imagine the weight of a giant lamp just piercing around your nose. Oh, no. just... Imagine when you get like a runny nose. <laughs> just, like, just imagine the frequency of sinus infections. <laughs> uh, that, that, that too, but that's fine. You know, drippy. He was drippy, man. At, at the very least, your nose will be warm at all times. That's right. <laughs> so, you, know, it's, you, got, you got that going for you, at least. Uh, but yeah, um, it's weird, man, because presentation-wise, the game looks great. Runs, you know, runs really well. But it's just really cheaped out on the voice acting. I don't understand why. I'm playing with the English voice acting, and there's, like, scant few voice acting lines here and there. And it's like, I just got I just got done with Yakuza 6, which 
is basically fully voice active for all all like uh story related cutscenes, whether they are in in engine or in a cinematic, you know. So there's a tremendous amount of vo- like stellar voice acting, mind you. From that game, and I go to this one, I'm just kind of like sitting there, like reading text, and they're going, they're just grunting constantly. I was like, eh, they could have done better, you know. They this this game deserved better than that, I think. I'm not sure why they do that. Do you think it's just to save money, or is it a stylistic choice, or what do you think? It's possible it's a budget issue. I, I really yeah. don't know. I I don't know. If it, if it truly is a budget issue, I think uh, I hope maybe if they do make a Nino Kuni three, they'll have the uh, the budget to really you know put out their vision. But if it's some kind of a stylistic choice, I will say that this is not a good style. Stop! Stop it! Stop doing it. It's not. It's not. It's not a good thing. You're 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 literally making your making your storyline less interesting by emitting a ton of voice acting for no good reason. Is what I'll say. And there's a lot, a lot of busy work in this game. I'm 60 hours in. I thought I could get this game done before embargo, which is tomorrow. No, that's not happening. I got two chapters left. And because between all the kingdom stuff that I've been doing, trying to maximize that, and all the little things that I'm trying to finish with the side quests, and getting as many citizens, I have like 86 citizens now. And for each of those, like no, no, for about 75% of those, I had to do a quest to get them to join my kingdom. And I'm not even done yet. There's like over like 100 citizens apparently. So, yeah, you know, that's the thing. I think I can get it done before the release date, which is my next goal, but... As as it stands, if you play this game, expect to play a very very long game that you're gonna invest a lot of time in. That's not necessarily bad. Uh, that's, that's not necessarily bad, but you have to be in a place in your life where you have the time to do that. You know what I mean? So just be aware of that. But overall, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this game a lot, like way more than Nino Kuni One, and uh, just in the gameplay department, the the, the combat is, is good. I wouldn't say it's amazing. I think it's still got some little flaws, like dodging and blocking is not as responsive as I would like it to be. But overall, it's pretty solid. It's got some good strategy behind uh, your kingdom building. Uh, the storyline is fairly good. It's got a good theme behind it, more so than the actual moment-to-moment storyline. Because like I said, it's a, it's a game that was created with everyone in mind. So you're not going to have like some really, really dark moments or anything that is too complex. But just just on the face value, it's just an entertaining story, and the characters are likable just enough for you to care to see what happens next. And that's okay. You know, not every game needs to be like Yakuza 6 storytelling. It's fine. But yeah, that's Nino Kuni too. I will finish it uh, in the upcoming week for sure. And then I have that uh, game that you sent me for review for Switch. What was that even titled? Manticore. Can I haven't put it up yet? Manticore. Manticore, right? That's like some kind of a like a shooter game. I don't I don't know anything about it. Ah, okay. I heard a couple people talking about it this week, but I have not researched it, so I don't know. Yeah. You know, the, the interesting thing is, if I didn't review uh, Secret of Mana, I would have kept a run of nine going, like through Yakuza, through Nino Kuni, most likely, if the game ends well. Um, I'm around that part, so it's like I feel like this year has been a tremendous for games in the in the last few months. This is like, this quality yeah. of it has been yeah, I've, pretty I'm stellar. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that point. <laughs> you gotta pick the winners, Ken. You know, you gotta. Well, you, gotta you know, we lost winners. two reviewers, so I had to take the losers. So there was that. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I feel. I do feel bad for taking a lot of the good stuff that other people were also interested. Because I know you were also interested in Yakuza Six. Now that you're kind of well acquainted with Yakuza Zero and all that stuff, it's fine. Drew liked it. Yeah, it's that. That no, that's that's perfect. I didn't have time for that game right now. Mm. 
But uh, I figure the the next Yakuza game that's be that we'll be talking about in the news, I'll be putting out to someone else. So like maybe maybe Drew or you know you or something like that. I, I think because, that's a Drew game. You think so? Cool, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for me this week, man. Just those two games, especially, have took a tremendous amount of my time, and that's all I've been playing. All right. So, Wombat, you still there? Yeah, I am. Cool. What'd you play? Um, so honestly, uh, not as much this week as I would have liked. Um, I spent a lot of time working this week, so, uh, I played a little bit more Valkyria, uh, which is kind of what I'm focused on right now. Great. Um, and, um, yeah, I played some, uh, some stuff on, uh, 3DS just here and there, uh, pick-a-picks and some other stuff that is just smaller games that I can play in, short time periods, but uh, I guess the big thing is uh, Kirby Star Allies, mm. which I picked up on Friday, All right, uh, and is very, very good, and um, so much fun to play multiplayer. How does the multiplayer work exactly? So, the way it works is first player is Kirby, mm-hmm. and then as you make friends along the way, um, the second player can take over those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know you like I said, you start out first player will be Kirby, and then you come across a cutter enemy, you can throw the heart at the cutter enemy, and then the second player can join in and play as that person. Um, so, but um, you know, it's it's basically the same as the the demo that I described last week. You've got allies with different powers, and you can add fire and water and electric to your swords or your cutter blade or your yo-yo or whatever character you are. Um, the uh, the game plays tremendously. Um, Ken, I know you played it as yep. well. The demo, at least. Did you buy the full version? No, I can't okay. justify 60 bucks for that game. I, I think it's good. I just don't think it's 60 bucks good, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for us, my son and I are both big Kirby fans, so um, we had to we had to have it for sure, no matter what. But is is that uh, a very simple game? Though? I don't know what you mean by plays tremendously. Is it just tight the controls? No, no, no. It's just it's just fun. Yeah, that's it's the, just it's kind of oh, okay. Right, yeah, sure. it's just it's just kind of dumb fun. It's just yeah. it's not Kirby's hard. Not- Kirby's yeah. not Mega Man. It's not ever going to be Mega Man, right? Or so you're, you're saying that it's not, it's not the next like uh, Devil May Cry. Devil <laughs> it's May definitely Kirby. not the. It's definitely not the Demon Souls of uh, Kirby games. But is it the Monster Hunter uh, of Kirby games? <laughs> it, it might be the Monster Hunter. Of Kirby <laughs> oh, games. sold! Let me just go on Amazon and pre-order it immediately. I mean, the, no, I mean again. the Kirby games are always going to be a little simpler. They're always a little bit on the easy side. Yeah, uh, they make up for um, really hard. Uh, demanding gameplay in just cuteness is the best way I can put it. Um, and uh, fun. They're just always a lot of fun. And this one in particular I like because there's a lot of... Um, the, the fact that you can um, do different things with um, uh, the weapons with different elements and stuff just adds a, a different layer. It's not like you... you know not necessarily like it's oh my gosh you have to do this and you have to do this otherwise the game's not beatable um it's just you know fun uh you know my my favorite kirby game of all time is kirby's epic yarn on the wii and that game was easy as hell um but it's just fun 
And I, I think you should be honest with yourself, Ryan. No one's judging you here. All you wanted this game for is to make make Kirby make out with his friends. You know, just about that. Just That's let true. them heal. Just just get that French kissing Kirby experience That's that you've true. always wanted. That's so. true. Although I don't believe that he is actually. Um, <laughs> Uh, baby birding this food to his friends' mouths. I think he's just giving them a kiss. You you sure about that, though? I'm pretty sure that he's just giving them a kiss. So the power of love is what heals them, not the actual substance of the food. The power of love, in addition to being a great Huey Lewis song, uh, is also um, sort of runs through this game. There's hearts everywhere in this game. Um, So you throw hearts at enemies to make them your friend. Um... That's Which is what like, I do in real life. Yeah, so, yeah it's very uh, realistic. Yeah. yeah, I do that. Actually, I do that in real life, but I'd probably get arrested if I was throwing hearts at people on the street. Probably. Uh, the uh, but no, it's I mean it's just a it's just a fun game, and there's like a, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but there's like a mini game thing in it. It looks kind of like Home Run Derby or something. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. All all I know is there's like a uh, picture of Kirby. He looks like swinging a baseball bat or something in one of the mini games. So I don't know. I'll have to check that out at some point. But, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it hasn't been much of a video game week for me, unfortunately, because I've been uh, working a lot, so. Working for a living. Any games uh, you're looking forward to that's coming up in the next month or <laughs> next week or next month or so? Uh, well, I'm getting Far Cry. Sure. I already got sure. that ordered, so um, I'm looking forward to that. Um I'm looking forward. I should get from GameFly next week uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, oh, I'm looking right. forward to trying that and seeing uh, what I think of it. Because again, I'm uh, I'm all about that jank. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to to actually dive. So what into are some that. janky games like that have you played that you really enjoyed? Oh, oh man, let's not go. Eighty percent of my <laughs> gaming career has been playing game <laughs> janky games like that. Um, no, I mean. I, I love the Elder Scrolls games, and I, people complain about the jank in those all the time. Um, I liked Two Worlds, legitimately liked it. He did. Uh, I uh, Wait, the first and, game and or the, the second game? game? The first, the first game. First game, first game and, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, that was uh, And uh, I actually liked the first game better than the second game. Wow. Um, the, uh, you know, I like, uh, what is it, like the Risen games or any of those Western RPGs. Um, Do you actually the, finish the them, first... or do you just like play them a little bit? Uh, I don't generally finish them. Okay. I mean, the, the Elder Scrolls games I do, but okay. uh, the other ones that I played, I haven't generally finished them. Um, I just play them for a little while until I get bored. Um, but, you know, the first, the first Witcher was actually kind of janky. Oh, Honestly, yeah. as good as the story right. was, the gameplay was kind of janky, and I loved it, so... Uh, that's one I did finish, obviously. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, so th- that kind of stuff doesn't really scare me away. Um, so I-, I think it probably comes back from the fact that I put probably, I don't know, I feel like I always give a different estimate. Um, <laughs> and I-, I never know how much I'm exaggerating here, but I feel like I put at least 200 hours into Morrowind back in the day on the Xbox and and on the PC. And, uh, you know, that that game's... Uh, legendary, but it also has a lot of jank. Um, I, I played um, Ultima Underworld when that came out in 1994 or 3 or whenever it was uh, for probably 100 hours. and You know, that game was 
made in 1993, so or four. <laughs> so it had also a lot. Did of you games. play like the the Boulder Skate and stuff like that? And Icewind Dale. I did. Dale. Yep. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yep. Cool, cool. Icewind Dale and uh, Neverwinter Nights and all those games. So I have a soft spot in my heart for um, Western RPGs. The the Ultima series was a huge part of my gaming upbringing. Did you play Ultima uh, online? Uh, no, I didn't actually, because when Ultima Online came out, this is going to sound horrible, I actually didn't have a computer that could get on the internet. Oh, okay. Uh, so I didn't have a computer that could get on the internet until I was in college. Um, yeah, so, kids, this used to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I yeah. was actually using my Dreamcast, my Sega Dreamcast, to surf the web uh, for <laughs> years. That is pretty uh, terrific. The, uh, but... Um, but no, I, so while a lot of people were, I think here's the difference for me, is while a lot of people in the mid-90s um, were, were busy playing uh, you know, Final Fantasy and, and stuff like that, my RPG fix came on the PC, and it was the Ultima games and stuff like that that really set the tone uh, for me. Uh, so I think probably because of that, I have a soft spot in my heart for Western RPGs like that compared to, um, you know, I'd much rather play something like Arx Fatalis than Final Fantasy VII. Um, that's, that's weird to me, because, Ryan, because for me, my love for Western RPGs started to happen, started to really blossom recently with games like Divinity Original Sin 2, like Pillars of Eternity, but you haven't like played those games yet, right? I haven't, nope. And it, that oh, just good. comes back to time. Um, oh, I had, out. I actually had Pillars of, uh, of Eternity here from Gamefly for about a month and didn't even open the package. Oh. Uh, I just, I, I, I didn't have the time. That was right when Monster Hunter came out. Oh yeah, and I just I didn't have the time. But uh, if you like those eventually... old janky games, you're gonna be blown away by these new polished beasts. Of, yeah, know, eventually really I will go back and play. Um, <laughs> I'll go back and play Pillage of Eternity and um, Original uh, Sin too, man. Don't forget that one. That one's yeah. The so best I've of them played all. some. I've played um, uh, the original Divinity, and uh, I did. I did like that. Um, so I, I two, that's another one that'll go on my list at some point. Uh, but again, it just comes back. Those games are such a time investment mm -hmm. um, that I can really only play one. And I'm also the type of person that does not like to bounce back and forth game to game. Um, it's very tough for me to play more than one game at a time. So if I'm going to play something like that, it's got to be the only the only serious game I'm playing. Like I could play Valkyria Chronicles and MLB The Show, right? Mm -hmm. That's Those are two completely different experiences, but... I do not like trying to juggle two different story-driven games at a time. Uh, that's just not my style. So, I hear um, the, uh, so eventually I will play those games. It's just going to have to be a time period where I've got like a month where there's nothing coming out, nothing else coming out to play. So, okay. But yeah, I mean, the they obviously have aged horribly now, um, but the Ultima games are in my sort of list of the games that defined my taste when I was uh, a teenager. Uh, I'm actually more interested in going back and checking out like Morrowind at some point. I know there's been like fan patches to modernize a lot of the gameplay elements. Yep. And that's what I might try at some point because I like the Elder Scroll games, but I never played Morrowind once. So 
Yeah, you should shot. you should play Morrowind. The the only thing about it is that Morrowind Morrowind is exceptional. Um and the story is great. More importantly, the world itself is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, they've improved a lot of different things in that series over the years. Um okay. and you you do run into the um there's still a lot of the the sort of dice roll does this does this attack hit or not in that game um and uh unfortunately that makes some of the combat frustrating okay. uh, it, you know it that game was more of a revelation when it came out um it, it was just completely unlike anything else that was out there at the time and uh you know going back and playing it now especially if you've played oblivion and skyrim um mm-hmm. It's probably not going to have the same appeal to you uh, as it did in 2002 or 2003, whenever right, it came. Right. Uh, it was just it was. It's like going back now and trying to play the first Witcher game. It just doesn't have the same mm. appeal as it did when it first came out. So, uh, but I, I would recommend you checking it out at some point, just if nothing else, so you can say that you played it. Um, the Thieves Guild story in that one is okay. Um, the, um, uh, Morag Kong, uh, Assassination Guild story is really good in Morrowind. Uh, the main story is pretty good, too. Uh, that's a a surprise, because the main story is usually sucking all the scrolls I've Yeah, I think, I think Morrowind probably, from a narrative perspective, has my favorite, um, uh, main story. Okay, that's a, uh, so that's a thing that I can put on the list of games yeah, to try. It's, it's worth checking out eventually, especially if you can get some good mods on it. Right. So, but though, I mean, those are all, if anybody asked me for, uh, hey, what, you know, what Western RPGs do I have to have played at some point? I would, I would say personally from my list, Ultima Underworld, um, Ultima 7, Ultima 6, um, the, and then, you know, Morrowind would be on that list, too. Uh, there's a bunch of them from the early 90s that are kind of must-play, in my opinion. Okay, great. Savage Empire was another good one. That's in the same universe as the, the Ultima universe, but that's a really good one. Anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. All right. I'll wrap this up. Got a few things to talk about. Uh, I checked out the Devil May Cry collection. On the what X- Xbox One. Okay, cool. Um, those games are still good. Uh, I had forgotten how different Devil May Cry 2 was. <laughs> you love it, though. That, visually, it's weird. It's like it's like somebody made a knockoff Devil May Cry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it looks like and feels like. It was so weird to me because I don't remember it being that different than the other two. I booted up one, I'm like, oh, one still looks alright. I booted up three, I'm like, yep, this stuff maker. I booted up two, I'm like, the fuck is this? Whew. But no, those games are those games are still fun. I I enjoy those games. Uh, it's, it takes a little bit to get back into the controls of those games after playing stuff like Bayonetta, um, it being so much smoother combat-wise, like the you can see the evolution of platinum games between those games, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, those those games are that's that's a solid little package. I mean, obviously, if you haven't played those games, 
and, and the weird thing about that package, Ken, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but unlike M4G, I've noticed some reviews of it being terrible, like two, three out of tens. I for that. I don't well, what's know, going on with that? I really don't know what's going on with that because they just huh. just feel like they make it feels like that same collection that came out on PS3 and 360. I, I don't. So there's no starking like stark contrast or difference in this one compared to the PS3 collection, for example. No, I mean it still sucks that like all the cutscenes and, and menus and stuff are still like four by three. Like uh-huh. they, they haven't done anything to it. It's just the PS3 360 collection running at 1080p. Okay. I I really can't tell you why people are like oh two out of ten. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, it's not like Silent Hill collection bad or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that deserved the this you know just the, just the trashing that it got because of all the things it did. But at the same time, I felt bad for those guys because Konami gave them nothing to work with. You know, well, no, like, they didn't give them the original assets and everything, so they just had to just kind of wing it basically. So they got a they got a they got a bum bum deal. I don't. That's what it is. I don't. I mean, if you want Devil May Cry one, two, and three on your new consoles, mm-hmm. thirty bucks ain't bad for this thing. It's not just ten dollars a game, baby. It's yeah, which is I'll funny take... because it, you, know, you can buy Burnout Paradise Remastered. It's forty dollars for one game. And if you if you don't, if, <laughs> if you don't count Devil May Cry two, that's fifteen dollars for you know Devil May Cry one, Devil May Cry three. That's what <laughs> <it. laughs> Because that's how I would look at it. Because I'm never playing Devil May Cry two again. Oh, poor Devil May Cry two. The bastard child of the Devil May Cry. So, like, I think people hate that one legitimately more than they hate the the uh, Ninja Theory one. Which man, they really hate that game, <laughs> dude. I, I think you, me, and you, me, and Drew are all aboard the MC. That was a good game. That was a great game. The, I, I enjoyed lo- that game a lot. I love the uh, the switching towards the end when it got really complex and stuff, and like mm-hmm. you really had to use that stuff. Like, oh man, that game was, whew, some great environments and just. Man, all because he didn't have long white hair. I swear to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, his attitude was different in a lot of ways. So I understand people's grievances, but a lot of people didn't even play the game and said, Don't it look stupid now? I don't know. And then that was their entire argument. And I was like, Did you play the game, though? They're like, No. And then some people will say they only played 30 frames per second one instead of the 60 frames, like the good version of the game, which actually feels good to play. And it's like, eh. Alright, whatever, man. Whatever makes you feel better. That game was good. I like that game. Um, my indie game that I got a code for this week that I'm not going to write a proper review for, but I'll talk about it. It's called Octahedron. Okay. So this is this is a weird game. So you can like you're like this little stick figure dude, and you press the X button to create like a little platform when you jump. And if you hold the X button, like, the platform moves left to right, whichever way you're facing. And the objective of the game is just to climb to the top of these towers. And, like, there's different levels. Like, it's a weird, a lot of techno music going on, a lot of bright lights. I played through a few levels of it. It's alright. It's a weird game. I don't, I don't really know how to describe it any better than that. Okay. But it's, it's a weird game. I also bought Ghost of a Tale. A lot of people started talking about this game this week, and it's it. I guess it came out of early access on PC. So I picked it up on Xbox One because it's still in game preview. It's a stealth RPG, and you play yeah. a medieval mouse. I I, I just mentioned it because I haven't played much of it. I booted it up, took a look at it. It's a real pretty game. Like visually, it looks really good. Um, but I'm gonna check it out. Uh, 
I played more Burnout Paradise Remastered. I how, for- how is that? How is that version of the game? That version of the game is excellent. It's more than okay. just a straight port. It's full 4K, 60 frames a second. Looks real good. Has all the DLC. You can basically break the game because you get all the DLC supercars at the beginning, so you're not mm-hmm. running through with like wrecks, which is good because the the actual driving around the city is kind of the best part of that game. Like collecting all the little jumps, ramps, and billboards, things like that. Like that's really the best part of that game. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. I I had forgotten that they had patched it to be able to restart matches. Because in the original game, when that game first launched, if you failed an event, you just failed it. If you wanted to do it again, you had to drive all the way back to the starting line and do it again, which sucked. Um, and I had totally forgotten that they had patched in. Like, you just hit right on the D-pad and you can restart the event, which was nice. Um, but no, that, that game is super fun. Um... I still think $40 is is a hefty price for that remaster. I get that there's a lot of DLC in that game, mm-hmm. but I don't know. $40 for a game that's 10 years old. Just it, you, you think that game will sell well, Ken? I don't know. I mean, I like I was joking with you before the show, they've already put it on sale two days mm-hmm. after it came out. So it's you can get it for 30 bucks at GameStop right now, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, if they sold it at 30 bucks, it would have been a much more digestible price point for most of the people, right? 50% off from retail? Absolutely. 30 bucks so. was what I expected. When I heard it was mm-hmm. 40 I'm like... Uh, I mean, there is a lot of DLC. There's a whole other island DLC, and I get... Like, that DLC is still full-priced on the store, which is weird. But... That is. It's... I don't know. It, it forty dollars just really rubs me the wrong way for remasters. I don't like that forty dollar price tag. I, uh, I haven't. I have. I like twenty, thirty dollars. I feel okay with, especially if they do stuff to it. Then I feel like thirty is more justifiable. But man, forty just. There are new games coming out at forty dollars. Now, granted, Burnout Paradise is a is a really good game. Like when it came out, it was a solid sixty dollar game. But it is ten years old at this point, so Yeah, that's the the perception of price I think is is, is a bastard to overcome in a lot of different ways. It is. I mean we talked yeah. about that, we'll talk about that in news with that other remaster sure. that was announced. Sure. Um I also tried Fortnite finally. The Battle Royale. Oh. You also. don't sound too excited. <sighs> I just don't think that that's my game type. I, I really don't. Well, you you enjoy PUBG for at least like a week or two. Uh, well, it was like five hours t- total. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean game time that I played it, oh, and I okay. that's when yeah. I kind of fell off. And then like I played Fortnite. I'm like, all right, so I like the shooting better. The shooting is a lot more arcadey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building it actually runs well, right? It it runs beautifully on the X. It runs at uh, sixty, and it's whew, that's nice. That's really yeah. nice. The shooting feels a lot better than PUBG to me, but that's because it's arcadey. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the world is a lot more interesting because it's colorful and they've the got destructive real... element. I think is the thing that really draws in people a lot of times too. Uh, destructive is a is a choice word because it's you, think? you can destroy things to collect like um, um, building materials to build, and the building mechanic is neat, but it's not like if you shoot a rocket launcher in something, it puts a hole in the side of the wall. Kind of. Oh, thing. no, no. What I mean is that, like, let's say you land on a rooftop, right? 
Oh yeah, you, you can break to take down. The stairs down. You can just yeah. break that rooftop. Yeah, you can just go downwards. That's, that's that stuff is cool. Um, I I think the names of the areas are really kind of funny to me. Like there's the the oh, what was it? Um, there's Tomato Town and and Loot Lake and and just funny names like that for areas on the map. How many uh how many maps are there in that there's game just so far one. for the battle rail? Just Two? one. Um, okay. it it seems to be like. If somebody made a joke about PUBG, like everything feels like a joke. Like instead of falling out of an airplane, you fall out of the battle bus, which is a bus that is flying over the map with a hot air balloon. Um, the emotes are very comical and over the top, and you know the weapons are ridiculous and they're all colored. So like there's purple and blue and green, you know, items. There's traps you can place and. There seems to be a lot going on to it. The matches are definitely faster. Like, I get into a match of Fortnite, and it's over in, you know, 10 minutes. Whereas PUBG matches can last, like, 25 minutes to 45 minutes, depending on, you know, how much you hide and run and stuff like that. So, it it feels a lot faster paced. Um, I definitely like the visuals more. But it's just, I just, that loop of running and collecting and, you know, you finally get into a firefight and, you know, I had a couple times where I got a few kills and I felt pretty good. And then there's other times where you just be walking to get inside the circle and headshot, you're dead and game over. You know, it's just I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that kind of makes me worry about those kind of battle royale games because when it's good, it's really good and tense. But those moments are so few and far between. It feels like, right? Yeah. So it's hard, it's, hard, it's kind of hard to get there. I understand that once you get better, you're more likely to survive and get to those moments more consistently. But you know that's 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 one of those things that's going to take a long, long time to do, especially when there's so much random factor into it because there's so many people involved. The the random X factor of some random dude popping up behind and shooting you with a sniper rifle and then making it so that the two three minutes you spend playing the game kind of means nothing. Kind of feels like eh. That'll, that'll kind of get grading after a while. But it is free. It is. Um, what are the paid elements like? Is it just cosmetic? It's all, it's all cosmetic, yeah. It's all like cool. skins and emotes and, and bling, what is what they call it. Um, sure. The the thing about that game, and seriously, if anybody that works at Epic, or know, if you know somebody who works at Epic, get a fucking UI designer for that game. Holy shit. <laughs> that bad, huh? It is, it is atrocious. Like, the Battle Royale mode is better than the Save the World mode. The Save the World mode makes me want to fucking beat my head against the wall. Like, I don't even, like, I boot it up, and I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like the look of this game. Let's play this Horde mode. The UI in the Horde mode is god-awful. Like, I have never seen anything that bad. It is so confusing. I don't know where half the stuff is. It's it's not intuitive at all. And the Battle Royale mode is a little better because there's not as much stuff there. But it is not good by any stretch of the imagination. It is just... It took me forever to figure out simple things. And that is right. not good design. Okay, I hear you. But yeah, please get a UI designer because your shit is bad. That that game's popularity has really started to trounce about uh, PUBG in a lot of ways, at least in like Twitch and such. A lot of people starting to talk about that game instead of PUBG. Um, that's good. That's good that the competition will be good for that series in general. Well, good for that genre of games at the very least. Are you interested in trying out any kind of a Battle Royale game at some point, Ryan? Ryan? You're muted? 
Yeah, sorry, not really. <laughs> not really. No, just nothing. Nothing that uh, that series or genre has to offer kind of interests you. Honestly, um, I'm kind of in a. Uh, uh, this is going to sound overly dramatic, and that's not what I mean it to sound like. But I'm kind of at a uh, at a point in my life where I just I'm not at all interested in online multiplayer right. shooters. Um, okay. I just I'm just not at all like. That those games take um, such a level of practice to be decent at. Certainly. Uh, and I just, if I've got time to play games, I would much rather play something that's either single player and story focused, um, or you know something uh, that's just kind of mindless that I can just play and have fun with. Um, I'm I'm not. I'm not in the competitive online multiplayer phase of my life anymore as a as a gamer. I hear you, man, because I kind of feel like that way with fighting games. I used to go to tournaments, and I used to play exclusively one fighting game at any given point, and I would put like two hours of that, two hours of every night into playing that game just to stay in stay in form to be competitive with the with the good players of the game. But I'm at that point where either I'm playing for a review, a bunch of different games, or for just the sake of, you know, just my free time, because I have a lot of different interests other than just fighting games. So when I still hear about this new stuff, the fighting game, I still like watching it, but to be a participant in that, I don't think I'm at that point in my life anymore. It yeah, kind of bums me out a little bit, actually. I definitely feel the same way about fighting yeah. games. I. You know, any more fighting games for me are just, if I see something that looks like it would be interesting for a little while, mm-hmm. I'll give it a shot. Like, I, I played through the storylines in Injustice and in uh, Tekken, yeah. um, and then immediately sent them both back. Because I just... Isn't that such a weird like concept gonna... that now we're playing fighting games for their story mode yeah, exclusively? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm not at a point where I'm going to spend the time to get good Mm. Um, and you know, the, um, I'll probably pick up soul caliber, honestly, just because of what we're going to, I'm sure talk about in the newsletter. Um, but even that I'll play, but it's not like I'm going to work hard to be competitive at it so I can play online. Um, it's just, I don't really care about that much anymore. Um, the only, the only fighting game I can think of that I may legitimately, uh, Super get back into would be again not to be cliche, but if they if Square ever decided to make another Bushido Blade to do a remake, <laughs> of the first two, um, I would I would spend time playing those. The nice thing about those games though was there was definitely skill to those games, um, but it was I mean anybody could win at any time because all it took was one shot the right way and yeah. It was over. Remember those was really, uh, truly the one slice, one kill. Uh, you know, yeah. There, there was a there was a game. Uh, do you remember the Deadliest Warriors games? Yep, Deadliest Warrior. Those yeah. games were fun. Man, yeah, those were actually pretty fun. I remember just like the one hit kills where you just like ah right at the beginning of the match. It was great stuff. It was it like a ninja versus like pirates? Yeah, there was like a that? there was a show on Spike TV. It was called The Deadliest Warrior, uh, and it was like a what if scenario. Like, would a samurai uh, warrior be able to beat like a barbarian kind of thing? And they would pit them against each other. So there was like two video games that they made that were fighting games where you could see if you you know match them up and stuff like, and you could do the one hit kills kind of thing. I had a lot of fun with those games online. All right. 
but, you know, all multiplayer games go out the window on Tuesday anyway, because I'm about to get my pirate ship on, bitches. Oh, right, that's coming out. Yes, I am stoked. I've already got my copy, but I can't play it, because the servers don't go live on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, it'll make a nice coaster till then. Well, it's digital, Jay. They don't have digital coasters. What's wrong with you? Oh, I thought I thought you got an early copy of the game or something. Oh, I do, I, but it's digital. It's like that's hey. a physical copy. No, no, it's not physical. Yeah. I, I boot it up and it's like you hit the A button to join the servers and it's like no, nope. Uh, I also started the DLC for Shantae, Half Genie Hero, which I think I'm going to play through. Ooh, that's the one where you're playing as a pirate girl. There's two actually. There's one where you play as Roddy Tops and. Um, the, the guy and the girl with the bird. Like, it's three people. It's called Friends Till the End or something like that. Oh, and I you didn't can, know that. Yeah, you can switch between the characters, and they all have different abilities. So I started that one first, and then, yeah, then I'm going to do the pirate one after that. I, ha- I have the game, but not the DLC stuff. Maybe I'll pick it up at some point. Yeah, I was, like, looking at it the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, I bought this DLC on sale. I should probably play this. So I booted it up. I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. So I'm, I started playing it. I got, like, 10% through the that first DLC, though. I like pl- I like switching between the three different things. It's kind of neat. So, but yeah, I'm gonna play that. But you know, it's all about uh, I'm not that game coming out this week. Let's talk about what's coming out this week. There's a lot, and I swear to God, I am not reading Steam releases yet. Okay, so just chill. <laughs> but uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered is out this week. Really? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a PSA here. Um, if you haven't played Assassin's Creed Rogue, play it. Hmm. Not not only because it is a really good game, but because it has one of, in my opinion, the best stories of any of the Assassin's Creeds. It's and they're Irish. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that that game. Um, that's one of those games that that launched on the 360 after the one was out already, um, and uh, got missed by a lot of people. Um, but you should, you guys should definitely check it out if you haven't played it. If you like Assassin's Creed at all, especially if you like Black Flag, um, it's probably closest in the series to, to that game. Yep, it's got um, the sailing and everything in it too. Yep, it it is a it has a really really good story to it. Uh, like I said, in my opinion, probably second only to Assassin's Creed Two. In my opinion, thus far as far as story is concerned, and I only say that because I'm I'm still not deep enough in Origins to to make much comment there. I finally did one of those um, those weekly God challenges in Origins. Yeah, how was that? I haven't done one yet. That is cool shit, man. Is it? <laughs> it's hard, but it is cool shit. Yeah, I gotta go back and play more of that after I clean up some of this other stuff. They did something, I didn't even know they did this, but they put a patch out that would let you, like, boost your character up to level 45 so you could do the post-game stuff. Really? Yeah, so I went ahead and did that because I was, like, level 30 or something like that, and I'm like, man, I'm really, like, dragging my feet, and I can't do, you know, the because I've got the Curse of the Pharaohs DLC, and, like, they have these weekly god challenges that I can't do, so I did that, and I went and did one of the God Challenges, and I think that's a really neat thing. It doesn't lock out any achievements or anything like that. It just lets you play some post-game content if you're getting kind of tired of the, the main game. So, And it, it makes a backup save of your original file in case you want to go back to it. So I thought that was cool. So Interesting. Yeah, so I did one of those God Challenges, and man, it's it like visually, it's it's incredible. Like, that dude is so big. <laughs> 
And you get some pretty good loot from it, too. Mm. Uh, also out this week is Assault Gunners, the HD edition. I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, I f- totally forgot to talk about this game, but I played Attack on Titan 2. That's out this week. All right. Uh, how, how is that? That game is great. Oh, yeah? yeah really? I, I like the first one. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I think the second one, just it, it just kind of... They kind of fixed the problems that I had with the first one, which was like kind of a slower pace and you know a little more confusing in how you do things. But this one seems to clean a lot of that up. You can like okay. build bases on the battlefield now to restock and actually put like turrets up to attack the titans when you're fighting. Um, there's like a relationship mechanic, so you can like make friends with the, the different people on your team. Like the story is very dark and, and brooding, but like I really really am enjoying that game. Are you familiar with the anime or the manga series at all? Nope, never seen it. Okay, and then the storyline and the characters are still like presenting themselves, okay? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm really it's it's all about camaraderie and like your character sure. was part of like your parents were killed by titans kind of thing and now mm-hmm. you've joined the the soldiers to kind of get your revenge kind of deal and it's cool. What kind of game is that? It's essentially if Shadow of the Colossus was a Dynasty Warriors game. That's the best way I can put it. With Spider-Man swinging. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You basically fly around on wires and cut the jugulars and and legs and arms off of these giant naked people. Okay. It's a weird game, but man, it's super fun. (laughs) They they don't have genitals, if that's what you're thinking. they They look like Barbie dolls. Okay. And some of them have, like, their muscles on the outside, which is really That's creepy. It's real weird. Yeah, it's real creepy. It's, 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 it's very anime. It is actually made by Omega Force, which is why I put the Dynasty Warriors reference in there. Omega Boo. Omega Boo. Wait, it's, it's, so it runs terribly, is what you're saying? No, it runs beautifully. <laughs> weird, isn't it? Yeah. You can't do that for their main flagship title, but they do it for some fucking anime tie-in game. Yeah, no, this <laughs> game. This game actually supports X enhancements, so it's it's real clean, real smooth. It's it's good stuff. I'm enjoying the hell out of that game. I like the uh, managing of my because you have two things you have to manage. You have to manage gas for your uh, your hooks, and you have to manage your blades because they get dull. Uh, you can actually upgrade those, and in this one you can actually take older... So, like, instead of selling when you buy a new, like, set of blades, you can actually take those blades and fuse them into the new ones to give them more, uh, like, strength and stuff. So I think that's pretty cool. I like this game a lot. I'm about, I think, about a quarter of the way through it so far. Mm. Uh, but that's out this week. Uh, audio beats. Uh, don't bite me, bro. Okay. Uh, floor. Don't pl- bite me, bro. Don't bite me, bro. Uh, floor plan. Uh, lunar stone. Origin of blood. Uh, Mahjong gold. Did we talk about Mahjong last week? Might have, man. I don't know. Oh no, we talked about it because I didn't know how to play Mahjong, and then you guys were like, "Yeah, I know how to play Mahjong." I was like, yeah. nah, I don't know how to play Mahjong." I think Drew knew. How Drew, to play Drew knows how to play yeah. Mahjong. Yeah. Uh, minefield. Uh, Octahedron, which we talked a little bit about earlier. Uh, RBI Baseball 18. Uh, South Park, the Fractured But Whole, From Dusk Till Castle Benita. That's a great title. Which, by the way, when, when Ryan said Dreamcast earlier, the only thing I could think of was Sega Dreamcast. 
<laughs> what was a what was a jingle that would play when you uh, put up the put up the Dreamcast? I can't impersonate that. What's wrong with you? It's got that little like like echoing like teardrop sound thing going on. Was it? I thought it was something more memorable than that. No, I totally remember because it, it it does like the little drop and then it makes the the like spiral. Right. I remember the GameCube one pretty clearly. It's that little cube that makes yeah. that little cube on its own. Yeah, the GameCube one's pretty good. Uh, Noctis is coming to Tekken 7 this week. Uh, Titan Quest is hitting consoles this week. Again, I swear to... G- I, this Every week I mention Velocity 2X, but it's on the list again. That's a good game, but it yeah, is. it releases too often. Uh, where are my friends? Where where are they? I don't I don't know. Uh, World of Warriors. Uh, Ark Park, which is Ark Survival Evolved VR game for PlayStation VR. Uh, A Way Out, which is the the Oscars guy. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely gonna be playing that probably next week. I'll maybe I'll talk about it on Sunday. Hopefully it's good, man. I don't. I really don't know anything about it right now. Uh, Nino Kuni Two: The Revenant Kingdom. Yep, that's a lot about that. Uh, sea of Thieves, obviously. Uh, the Count Lucanor for the Xbox One. Uh, Western Press, whatever that is. Uh, Detective Pikachu is out this week. Y'all ready for that? <laughs> Uh, are you interested in that game at no. all? Like, you guys, no. you guys like Pokemon, right? Uh, no, no, thank you. Ryan, you like Pokemon? Um, I mean, I do, but not like, <laughs> not, <laughs> not like, like super detective, into it. Not, not like detective, not like detective Pikachu, Pikachu level. Yeah, nah, fuck off, yeah. fuck off, fuck off. Yeah, Pikachu. it's like I don't know. Like, that's one of those games. that's so weird that I should probably be interested in checking it out. But at the same time, the more I learn about it, the less I want to. Like play it. It's weird. It don't matter. Nintendo ain't gonna send us no games anyway, so fuck them. Yeah, let's <laughs> try. It's not like we requested that anyway, right? No, no, I didn't request that. But they no. they have no. not sent us the last two games I did request. So okay, fair enough. Uh, the Switch, the indie Switch, um, swim out. Okay, uh, Shantae and the Pirates Curse is coming to Switch this week. Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja. Yes, that Bad Dudes. Wait, the original Bad yes. Dudes? For the Nintendo games? Yes. That's actually kind of kind of silly. Yeah. And Are you a bad enough dude? To save, save the president? Save the president? Sure am. Uh, Neo Geo's World Heroes 2 Jet. Uh, arcade, uh, arcade Archives Moon Patrol. Uh, Eat Beat Dead Spike San. Sure. Uh, Gekido, Kintaro's Revenge. I didn't know Kintaro was still making games. I thought I beat him in Mortal Kombat 2. Kintaro. Kintaro wins. Manticore, Galaxy on Fire. That's the game we were talking about earlier. Galaxy on Fire is um, really good on uh, iPhone. I know that. Oh, wonder if it's the same game. I'm sure it is. Uh, there's a Galaxy on Fire Manticore on uh, iPhone. Oh. Galaxy on Fire 3 is called Manticore. Well, shit. That's the game. So, 
So that's the game that I'm reviewing. I guess it is. Uh, is it good, Ryan? Those games. It's uh, it, it, yeah. They're uh, I mean, it's it's not um, it's different than your normal um, uh, uh, space shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's not like. Um, it depends on what you like in a space shooter. If you like really like super sim heavy, it's it's not really the same as like um, an elite dangerous or something like that. But it's it's if you like space shooters, it's pretty good. Uh, the next game is, and this is all capitalized. No thing, not nothing. No thing. Two words. Uh, Opus. Rocket of Whispers. Okay. Slay Away Camp. Butcher's Cut. Okay. Soul Divide. Sword of Darkness. Alright. I'm still on Switch games, so don't get confused. Uh, Castle of Heart. So, you know, kill the Barracuda. Nobody? Alright. I'll move on. I'm not talking about Alright, now I'm on the Steam I'm on the Steam games. Uh let's see if there's anything good here. Uh there's Geek Fighter. Alright. Uh Landlord Simulator. Wow. <laughs> oh god. There's a game coming out just called Bitcoin and it's coming to early access. Bitcoin? <laughs> okay. Oh, Mrs. Snake, all capitals. All right, if somebody doesn't follow up what I'm about to say with something else, I will be disappointed, but there's a game coming out called What is Love? Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) Don't hurt me no more. Oh, thank you. Bam, 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 bam. That fucking little neck thing that they do, you know? Was that uh, was Saturday Night Live with Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell, right? No, Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan, yeah. And uh, Will Ferrell. Yep. Okay. Jim Carrey did a spot in one of them, but that was like a guest spot. Ah, okay, I guess. Uh, yacht Simulator VR, in case you ever wanted to feel like what it was to be on a yacht. And Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, Knight of the Quincon? Quincane? So is this a new Ty... Tie the Tasmanian Tiger? I have no idea. Did they make a third one? I don't know. Well, they did now. So there, there you go. Not as good, not a good a week for Steam games as I was hoping. Switch, I think, took a lot of the thunder from Steam this week. It apparently, did. it did. Anyway, let's talk about the news. Uh, South by Southwest happened, and uh, there was a little Sonic conference. Uh, first up, they said they were adding new characters and modes to Sonic Mania. It's also getting an Xbox One X patch, which is hilarious. Because that game... <laughs> well, like, well, like, what? Are they going to increase the frame rate that it runs on or something? Like, they're going to make it look better? I don't understand four, what they're doing. 4K resolution, apparently. And the regular PS4 and Xbox One can't do that for Sonic Mania? Those systems don't output 4K for video games. Oh, they don't. Okay, no. whatever. whatever. So. It's a sprite-based game that would 4K upresing like really work well. For 4K sprites? works for everything, Jay. Mm, you I keeps, don't, you I keep telling me that, it's but such I, don't, a weird... I don't think I believe you. No, even this one, I'm like, that's kind of weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. I hope this update is free. 
Uh, because basically what this is is they're releasing a new version of Sonic Mania Plus, is what it's called, and it'll be retail. Um, but I hope people who already bought it get that shit for free, because otherwise that'd be really crappy. Yeah. They also teased a new racing game, Sonic racing game. Um, from who? It's Sega. Who's making it? I mean, Sumo Digital oh, okay. game. Yeah. Okay. So, I know Ryan will back me up, but the Sonic racing games are the shit. Yeah. So... Definitely. I'm, I'm excited they're making a third one. I would play another one of those. <sighs> Star Wars Battlefront 2. EA has announced that they are updating the progression in that game. Uh, the patch goes live on Wednesday, I believe. They are removing all um, progression stuff from loot boxes. So you will no longer be able to get star cards... And things like that. Characters will now earn XP like normal games. Uh, and then coming in April, there will be cosmetics in all of the loot boxes that you can use to dress up your Star Wars figures. So, you know, good on them for fixing this game. Truly. Because I, I enjoyed that game. I just really did not like the progression in that game. So, I might go back to that. Uh Damn. Yeah, it, it's, it is what it is. Do you think uh, they're surely going to make another Battlefront game at some point or another, right? The, that's the... I mean, that's the expectation. Um, I know I've heard a lot of like mumblings about how Disney is really not happy right now and they're trying to get out of their contract with EA, but I don't know that they actually can. Uh, I don't know what the kind of contract that they're in. And like if whatever it really revolves around, so but at the same time, if they truly believe, I'm sure they have a clause in their contract that says, if you know if their if their product is you know underperforming or making their Star Wars brand uh, and kind of tainting it in some way, they could kind of get out of it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be foolish not to have a clause like that in the contract. Oh, absolutely. But the question is, is like. You know, what decisions for... Like, that's what we'll never know. Like, what decisions... Because the developers have come out and publicly said that they wanted to put cosmetics in the loot boxes to begin with. <clears throat> and Disney flat out told them, no, we didn't want you changing the look of the characters. So it was yeah, like... There's, I mean, some, there's some creative issues as well, for sure. Um, but I don't know, man. Just put out a $60 game that... Or put out an $80 game, but put all the content in there. It's a, I stupid. understand that it might be a you know, harder pill to swallow, but if you just with a negative connotation with all the loot boxes and pay-to-win elements, I think if they took a stand and say, like, yeah, we need to make these games more expensive to make them profitable, then I think more people will be understanding uh, than completely having their entire experience ruined because of all these things that they, they tie behind paywalls of a game that they already pay $60 for. So if anyone is uh, in the position to do something like that. I think EA, they, they've fallen so far out of the good graces of the public perception. They, it's willing to take that risk at this point. Yep. You know, try to claw their way out. And it kind of sucks because I know there's a, a, a friend of mine loves Star Wars, loved the uh, first Battlefront game, despite its like lack of content in a lot of different ways. He loved the visuals, the sound design, all that stuff. Super excited for Battlefront 2. 
But even as someone that was not a big gamer, he heard about all the negative things about Battlefront 2 and ended up not picking it up and felt disappointed because of it, you know, because it was something that he was looking forward to. So I want those games to be good. We get nothing from those games being bad and having these, like, really, you know, terrible st- uh, stigma on top of this. So, like, eh, I guess, I guess we'll see what EA does, but boy, do they feel like they never learn from any of their mistakes ever. Yeah, I'm going to jump back into this game this week and kind of give it a second shake cuz I <clears throat> I love the like playing the game. I just mm-hmm. could not get behind the progression and like it was confusing, it was convoluted, it was not fun. Right. So I'll give it another shot cuz that game is very pretty and is very Star Wars. Um Far Cry 5 has been confirmed to have microtransactions. They are all cosmetics. Um, the campaign is also playable offline, which is a hilarious headline for me. Like that's really that's where it? we that's where we are now. Is that we have to we have to come out and state, hey, you can play this offline. Yeah, you know this single player game you can play offline. So congratulations, uh, Brigitte is launching on Tuesday for Overwatch. Yeah, um, um, you guys haven't played her yet, so you don't know what to expect, but boy, is she an exciting character. You guys are going to like her a lot. So, that'll be something to check out on Tuesday. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was announced with a teaser trailer. It is coming out this year, September 14th, for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. So, no exclusivity on this one. Which is good, because that really hurt the first game, I think. Yeah. Just uh, by sorry, the time the, the other versions came out on, was it? Uh, did it get a late release on PC as well? Right? PC was like so. Xbox launched in November. I think PC mm-hmm. launched in like February or March, and the next then yeah. PS4 didn't launch till that fall. And by then, nobody cared. Yeah, nobody cared, and that sucks because that game was actually pretty good. So you yep. know, kind of a bummer. Uh, Soul Calibur 6 has announced its, ge- its well, at least one of its guest characters. Uh, worst kept, one of the worst kept secrets of the month. Yeah, but it's so <laughs> awesome. Uh, Geralt yeah. of Rivia is coming to Soul Calibur 6. Did everyone watch the trailer you, here, by yep, the way? Yeah, I saw yep. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, he looks good, man. He looks good. He looks like he fits in that universe. Yep. Actually, weird. He's even using, <laughs> like, his, uh, his spells, which I thought was cool. I hear he takes out different swords depending on who he's fighting. Like if it's like a monster, he takes out the silver sword, seal oh, sword for humans. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say a, if, they, detail. if they didn't do that, then they were. Come on, man! They didn't have to, you know. He honestly, needs to pull out the silver sword to fight Nightmare. That's I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it looks good. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm loving these outlandish characters. Fucking Noctis in Tekken, you know. You have like Geralt of Rivia and in, in Soul Calibur. These are good ideas, man. We should have more of these things. Hey, Soul Calibur's always done it. So. Yeah, they, they have. They had fucking spawn at some point, which was so silly. Yeah, that was, that was dumb. <laughs> um, yeah. In addition to Brigitte launching on Tuesday, Overwatch is also patching uh, Sombra. She's getting nerfed. Oh, is she? Yep. So, I actually haven't heard that. Um, let's see here. It uh, The February patch decreased the time of her hackability and expanded a number of blah, 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 blah. Um, the first change involve, involves imposing a two-second cooldown whenever the hack is interrupted by damage. Ah, uh, okay, good, good, good. Um, so the other adjustment involves line of sight. 
there is a 0.1 second period of time at the end of uh, Hack's cast where it can't be cancelled by other abilities like Tracer's Recall or Sombra losing you know, sight of her character. Uh, the window exists so the hack doesn't constantly get broken by small line of sight chain, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, so it's some, one nerf and some, some buffs. So yep. it seems good. Um, yeah. Yakuza Kiwami 2 is coming to the PS4 in North America uh, this yeah, year. Baby. It will be out in, I believe, October, August? August, yes. It's $50. It is. And it's not a remaster, mind you. It's I a know. complete and, I, I know. I I know it wasn't a remaster. Honestly, I, I believe, personally, that if this game was $60, I think it'd still be well worth $60. It's a game that they built from the bottom up, you know? Uh, and then they were using the PlayStation 4 Dragon Engine that the Yakuza 6 game is based on. How, how, you know, how great that game looks, and they're going to do all the cinematics and everything. Nothing has been taken as a shortcut. You know, it's like all the voice line, all the all the things that they abuse are done again. So it being fifty dollars, I think is actually ten dollars cheaper than what it probably should be, uh, in my in my opinion. Because uh, I know the quality of those games. Kiwami One, the reason why it was cheaper is because they were using the old PS3 and PS4 engine, uh, and also it was supposed to be more of a gateway uh, to the people. Because, like we said, it was a step back from the Yakuza Zero in a lot of ways. So. It made sense that it was, what, $40, right? It was 30 30 Yeah, $30. 30 damn, that was ridiculously cheap. But uh, I think Kiwami 2 will be well worth it. If you watch the trailer uh, that went with it, that game looks fantastic. Did you watch the trailer for Kiwami 2? I did. Um, okay. But like most things, that's just going to be too much Yakuza for me in a year. And I don't think that I'll ever go back to 2 if I do end up deciding to jump into 6. 2 is uh, pretty good, man. You punch a tiger in the face in that game. So I mean, yeah. but that's like that's like a little bit of sixty hours I don't have. <laughs> Maybe Yakuza games are not as long as like Nino Kuni two or something. I I beat Yakuza six in about thirty. I'm not. I did, I'm, I did most of the stuff. I'm not playing Nino Kuni two. I I would like to, but with mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves and Far Cry and then Yakuza six on the horizon that I may play, no. You just got to get rid of Overwatch from from your from your life, and then you got more time to play these well, other games. Overwatch okay. is being replaced probably by Sea of Thieves for a while, so we'll see for how long. I'm curious about the longevity of that game. I am too, because but so far, you know, I've spent about four or five hours in that game, and I'm so ready for like the final version. So right. let me know when you when you uh, overtake Overwatch hours in Sea of Thieves, dude. That would take like Overwatch been out for two years. Come on now. <laughs> Talk to me in two years, Ken, right? Uh, See if CFDs is going strong. Seeing if there's any other big, big news. Uh, I think I hit the big, big stuff. There's a couple of other things that uh, I noticed. Uh, we have a release day for Valkyria Chronicles 4. Loving that. Oh, it's coming out that. in October. Okay, so October's when that's out. Mm-hmm. I did not see that. Um, Bomberman R is coming to PS4 and Xbox One and PC. <clears throat> that was the Switch launch game. So okay. There's, there's that, I guess. I heard that game was kind of mediocre, but it sold well because it was one of the Switch launch titles. Yeah, it was a Is Switch right? launch title. It was a new Bomberman. It's not on anything else. And let's be frank, if you bought a Switch, you bought Zelda, and then you really didn't have anything else to play. Mm. So you went out and bought Bomberman because Bomberman feels like a safety blanket, you know. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Uh, Sega Genesis Collection was also announced for Xbox One and PS4. 
but not Nintendo Switch. Well, this is kind of weird. Yep, there are 50 games in that collection. So. Those games would be perfect to play on the Switch on the go, to be frank. That's weird. That narrative. That narrative is... Ever- I wonder when that narrative is going to end. It's very interesting to me. Well, I think the narrative... The relevance of the narrative depends on the context, right? Do you not agree that having a 50 collection of classic Sega games on the go would be pretty pimp? It, given that you don't have to take any kind of... Uh, like downsizing or downplaying of the game's quality because obviously it's classic well, I mean, game related. <laughs> if the Switch doesn't run Genesis games, that's just what, what I mean. PS4, like, we, we talk about like, oh, yeah, I wish I had. Why is Monster <laughs> Hunter World on Switch? And that's the kind of thing. So like, you're getting well ahead of yourself. That game cannot run Monster Hunter World in a playable manner where you would like to play that. You know, that's one of the things. So there is a right kind of context for that particular conversation to have. And it's just weird. It just feels like it's the right choice for the Switch and it's not on there. So Speaking of Monster Hunter, that's a good segue. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot nice. of stuff coming to Monster Hunter, including the Mega Man armor, which is uh, the events for that are coming in April. Uh, Dante is also coming yeah. to Monster Hunter World because of course he is. Uh, there's also a patch coming with some some changes to some weapons and also adding uh, that's CS4. already uh, that's already out actually the change the weapons the weapon changes out is uh, let me see if I pronounce this right is it Devil Joe uh, Devil Joe yeah uh, that guy is coming out in the 22nd of March and uh, he's one mean pickle he's going to be eating up a lot of new hunters faces is what I'll tell you it's going to be so, fun there you go there's uh, there's your monster hunter minute a lot of stuff coming to that game. I'm I'm glad that game is doing well. I I enjoyed what I played of it. I haven't gone back to it, but it's you know I've said it for years. It's never been my jam. But if you put that on big boy consoles, I bet it sells. And guess what? It sold. Yeah, it's like I I knew that it would sell like pretty well, but I didn't expect like 7.5 million copies. Kind of good. That's that's so nice for that series and uh, for the future as well. As a fan, it's just looking really bright. So let's talk about this because this is a this is a sad day. Toys R Us will close all 800 U.S. stores. Yeah, I With, think I think we we all saw the signs on the walls, right? Sure, but you know, I didn't want to grow up, Jay. I was, <laughs> I was a Toys R Us kid. Yeah, you know, I I never shopped that much at Toys R Us, but I've always appreciated that they existed. You know, yeah. It's one of those things when I went to go shopping for the you know my like uh, my niece's presents or something like that that I could go to Toys R Us, pick up some like dolls or whatever thing that they might like. But now I don't know where I'm going to go to do that. I guess just shop them online. But, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Jeff Bezos and Sam Walton have have killed Toys R Us. Mm. How goes? I, you know what? I can't say anything. I bought half of my kids' Christmas presents on Amazon, but I will tell you. <laughs> I will tell you this: I bought the other half at Toys R Us. Okay, that's something. But now, are you gonna buy? Are you gonna be buying all of the presents on Amazon now? I guess. I, I guess it's. I'm gonna hit up these Toys R Uses as they're closing to see if I can get maybe some early, early, early Christmas shopping done. Because, you know, if I can get it for 60, 70% off, yeah, come on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, fuck, it's Christmas all year round. This is the United States, right? So. That's fucking right, dude. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, hey, shop, shop for next year and the year afterwards, too. Hell yeah. Probably Christmas was going to be canceled. I load up my garage full of Christmas presents for the next few years. Uh, the next Dragon Ball Z fighter fighter's character is uh, Broly. When's Broly, though? When Broly? When Broly? I don't know. When Broly. Probably in the next week or two. 
Namco Bandai showed off the trailer for Broly. Broly, he's a legendary Super Saiyan. Yeah, um, that movie's really dumb, but boy, is that character cool. Well, he's coming to Dragon Ball Fighter. I have no idea how many characters they're doing. I'll be interested to see. I think they said something like seven additional characters for the season pass. Okay. That could be wrong. That seems like a lot. Especially That's since this amount, but you have to remember one. that this is a three-on-three tag battle, though, so you need a lot of characters to keep it fresh. <laughs> they're all spiky-haired blonde dudes. Come on. <laughs> they're all variations of Goku, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all the same guy, right? I hope they put instant Goku so we can have another Goku in the game. Don't they have Goku Black in there already? Well, Goku Black, you have you have Super Saiyan Goku, you have Goku Black, you have Goku Blue. So I'm, sure. I'm figuring you need another Goku, you know, or two, I mean, at least. I mean, come on. Goku or two. Goku or two. So, in the news that I didn't understand 30% of the words in the release, apparently Drake played Fortnite with Ninja on Twitch, and now there's like a celebrity Fortnite match coming to E3. How does that work exactly in a battle royale? So, it's like all 100 celebrities, really? Yes, yes. So, apparently this broke like Twitch's, like, streaming record when they played together and I don't know who like any of these people are. I don't know who, Ninja you know who Drake is. Know Drake no, is. I don't know who Drake is. Wow. I don't listen to Drake's music, but I know I who thought Drake I was is. out of touch. Yeah. I'm just old. It's like you know, Ken's still listening to Music Factory and that's what he's about. <laughs> it's the way it's the way it has to be. <laughs> it's just everybody dance now. I, you know, I pumped till my ears got sore. Full of jams that has to be Live from Brooklyn out to the California seashore. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, we're hip. We're with it. <laughs> we are hip and we are with it. That is true. That's I'm right. Glad, I'm glad my kid hasn't started asking me about music yet because I'm going to be like, ah, here's some old man tunes that you can listen to. And they start yeah, I would just recommend like fucking sick video game OSTs and stuff. Like this is this is what's hot. They Don't made, even worry about it. They they played they played Nirvana on the classic rock station the other day, and I was like, "Fuck it happened. <laughs> it fucking happened." <laughs> oh, is there anything else? Because that's all. I, I'm at the end of my rope on news. Uh, I think that might be it from what I can remember. I'm sure there's some other stuff, but E3's coming. Well, how how what, 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 three three months away, right? Microsoft's announced their venue and said this is their biggest. Like they're not even on site. They've got their own like off site place where they're going to have all their games, and they've got their press conference times already down. It's 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 coming. You notice all these games getting I hope announced. There'll be some big things. Well, you've noticed all these games getting announced in the last two weeks: <clears throat> Division Two, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's here we go. You I think saw... they're going to be doing the sh- their showing at the Microsoft? I suppose it makes sense for Tomb Raider. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've uh... got um, what is it? I saw a rumor floating around this week about Splinter Cell. Uh, there was an Amazon listing for Splinter Cell. Okay, Splinter Cell would be a good franchise to bring back. I don't know what happened to Splinter Cell. It's like the last game that they made was pretty good, actually. Yeah, Blacklist. And then after that, they stopped making them. I don't know why. Yeah, Blacklist was really good, but it was the first one that didn't have Ironside as the voice of Fisher, which was weird. You think you think that was like uh, one of the nails in the coffin for that series? I don't. 
think it was a nail in the coffin, but I just wonder if they're going to bring him back. Also, whatever happened to that rumor about Microsoft buying Sega? <laughs> that there was kinda, a rumor about that? Yeah, oh, yeah, there was a big rumor about that. Like, uh. people going nuts over that stuff. I'm like, okay. You really that'd, be an, that'd be an interesting get, especially since Sega owns Atlas now. Yeah, so, like, most of the... Sega games, I mean, the big ones like Sonic and stuff like that come to Xbox, but, you know, like uh-huh. Yakuza and, and like, all those JRPGs. Yeah, they've always been, like, Sony exclusives. Like, yeah. you're not going to get Persona 5 on the fucking Xbox, so... Imagine if they did, though. That'd be, that'd be a good... I mean, that's one... That's a gaping hole in the, in, the, in the library of Xbox. Like, good JRPGs, like... The 360 really championed trying to get exclusive JRPGs on there, and I think that was good, at least for someone like me to eventually pick up the 360. But now it's like they don't even try. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, they had they had Sakaguchi make two games for the Xbox 360. That's right. You got chicken steak now, man. Fucking chicken steak, dude. And uh, boy, I'm, I'm you know, I know Drew is not here, but I'm sure he'll mirror my sentiments in saying that I would love a Lost Odyssey too, dude. Like, yeah, it's coming to, bo- yeah, that it's coming to awesome. mobile. Yeah, because Sakaguchi's all into the phones now. Yeah, the fucking Terra Battle or whatever can suck a big bag of dicks, man. I hate those games. I tried them, and they're like, oh, okay, so it's easy to play at first, but then you hit a you hit a wall. It's like, oh, you better start spending some money or grind for endless hours in order to progress the rest of the game. It's like, eh, no thank you. I'm done. Yeah. You used to make good games, man. What happened to you? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do some tweets, because I don't have any emails. Nobody sent us any of the mail of the electronic variety this week. Bastards. Bastardos. So Dustin tweets in and says, Finish my playthrough of Danganronpa, and it was uh, and was really disappointed in the ending. Would it even be worth playing the sequel now? Dustin actually asked this question on tweet, and then I, I replied to the first part and then forgot to reply to the second part, so I'll do it here. I will say that if you were disappointed with the ending and... It seemed like it was more than the ending. He was disappointed by like the several last few cases. I would. I'm curious as to what the grievances were. Is it the the quality of the writing? Is it the twist? I'm not sure. Because if if the, if it's the, if it's the quality of the writing, the writing is pretty consistent. It's about the same in Danganronpa two in different setting. So I would say if it's the writing that you didn't like it, then uh, don't 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 bother. But if it was some of the beats and the plot and the story. Things are very different in Danganronpa 2 where it plays against your expectations and things that you know about the character in the storyline. In that regard, that might be more interesting to you. But, you know, I've always said, and as much as I love and as much as Drew enjoys Danganronpa games, these games are not for the majority of people. These are very niche titles for very good reasons. You have to have a very specific mentality to enjoy them. So if you find yourself not enjoying them, don't, don't, su- don't suffer through a game that you don't enjoy. Um, just, just let it go. You played a one full game, which is more than what a series of games can ask you to do, to be frank. So don't feel bad about quitting out, you know, while, while you're ahead. But if you're willing, if you, if there's something in the back of your mind that says like, yeah, I should, then maybe, then maybe you should give it a shot. But on the other side of that, um, you know, it's up to your discretion. All right. He also tweets in and says, I'm really excited for Friday. I'm getting a way out and Nino Kuni too. Oh, that's that's an interesting combination of games. <laughs> I'm I'm really on the fence about a way out because I you know it's required that you play it in co-op, so I'd have to find a co-op partner. 
Well, you play with the uh, K Dog basically every K Dog. <laughs> What? That's 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 my new name for him. That's pretty good. Is it not? It's is K- that not his name? K Dub. K It's not K Dog, really? No, it's not K Dog. <laughs> I've always thought it was K Dog. I was like, all right, K-Dub. no, no, K Dub. We call him K Dub. It's, it's K Dog now. I've heard that game is only like five hours. I don't know how long it is. I'm curious about it. Um, it's it's not it's not full price. It's what thirty dollars. It's thirty so. bucks. Yeah, so I could get it at Best Buy for like twenty two. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I could get it at Amazon for the same price, but no release date. But at the same time, I like games that are uncompromising because they have a vision. So whether that game ends up being good or not is something that would have taken a risk. So I feel like it will be either really good or really bad. It's not going to be somewhere in the middle. And for something like that, I'm down to take a risk, especially for 30 bucks. So I'll definitely be picking it up on release date, like GameStop or something, because, you know, no release date delivery from Amazon. Disappointed in Amazon with the how they're treating game releases these days, nowadays. It's yeah. even much better. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. I I uh, snagged Titan Quest for the, like, whatever, you know, price error, and I just got an email last week that was like, this is now qualified for release date delivery. I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. All I right. thought that was standard when I, but whatever. Yeah, I have, I have Prime, bitches. What's wrong with you? I don't know. We'll we'll see. Like they sent us a review code for a way out, and the servers aren't live, so we had to find somebody to review it that had somebody local to play it with. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, he also says, "I can't wait for the Monster Hunter update. New monsters are exciting." <clears throat> Very. What are your uh, Ryan? We didn't talk to you about the Monster Hunter. You're very familiar with Devil Hole, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you feel about him coming to Monster Hunter World? What's your uh, What's your I guess interest level? Uh, you know, I'm I'm all about um, uh, getting some new monsters. Uh, yeah. but I honestly I haven't played it that much, so I don't know if I will be prepared to fight him, regardless. Mm. I heard his equipment will be very good, but you can start fighting him as uh, you get into high ranks. So I think you're prepared to fight him. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. My my big thing is I uh, um I'm I'm excited about him, but I've seen what his armor looks like, and I think it looks kind of silly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what the skills will be like for that. I don't know. It's a good question. David tweets in and says, I just realized a Christmas movie to add to the list is Lethal Weapon. From Riggs undercover buying drugs in a Christmas tree to driving the car through Murtaugh's Christmas decorated living room, just a great movie, especially the director's cut version. Those movies are pretty fantastic. I don't. I don't remember a lot of them. I do remember the first movie, and I remember the one with Jet Li. See, the, the Jet Li one is totally unbelievable That's... because freaking Danny Glover and and Mel Gibson could not whoop Jet Li's ass. Okay. Well, that's that's Lethal Weapon Four, by yeah. the way. Yeah. 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 Contextually speaking, Jet Li was like wounded at the time, and like you know, two on one is pretty rough. Yeah, but know. still, it's Jet Li. I know, I know. Jelly <laughs> just about anybody ass. The same. Yeah, he he almost murdered both of them, which was pretty great. But it's not like Jelly's gonna win. It's fucking Lethal Weapon movie. You know, the good guys are always gonna win. I still remember like everybody wanted the Jet Li versus Jackie Chan movie, and it ended up being like some fucking Disney fantasy movie. 
I don't think I said that one. Yeah, what was the name of that movie? Fuck, I can't remember. But they were in a movie together, and it just like they fought one time, and then they like mm-hmm. became buddies. Oh, Bruce Lee fought uh, Jackie Chan in a movie once. Yeah, but he was like a stunt yeah. double. Like, yeah, yeah, real yeah. Early he in got his, his ass kicked. Yeah, it was great. like real early in his career. He was doing stunts for Bruce Lee, and then he actually got to fight him in a movie, and Bruce Lee was like, yeah, I'm just going to whip your ass. Yeah. But Jackie, man, he's still around. Was he like 80 now? Still breaking bones? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like 120 by now, man. Come on. Dude see. still looks like he's like 40, man. Come on. Yeah, Jack- Jackie is one of those people that I kind of wish he lives forever kind of deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. When he dies, yeah. that might be the first time I cry when a celebrity dies because, like, I've been such a fan of his for so many years now. I still watch Making his movies. movies since 80s, you know? It's amazing. I, I still watch his movies regularly. Like, um, he just did one recently that I need to see. Oh, the the more serious one, right? I, I already saw that one. I bought that one. Okay. The um, the one, like, Taken. Yeah, uh, I don't think I know that one. That's the one where he was with Pierce Brosnan. He was basically like they killed. Oh his yeah, that's the one where his daughter gets killed. Yeah, yeah, credits. yeah. That one was good actually. I enjoyed yeah, that. I like that one. But he did another one after that, and I need to see oh, that one. I haven't seen that one. Okay. I saw the Bollywood one too. That one was weird. <laughs> it's Bollywood. Man. He does a Bollywood like musical at the end of the movie. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's, it's traditional those Bollywood movies that end with the, the musical. Yeah. I think it's charming in its way. Uh, to, to have to have something like that, yeah, I I don't know. Jackie Chan is it's just like I can buy any of his movies and like I know I'm gonna have a good two hours. Uh, all right, I can't say the word that's in this next tweet, so I'm gonna replace it with ninjas. <laughs> so, but this is the first time I think I've ever been called this. Okay. So Doom tweets in and says, "All right, listen up, my ninjas." You really need to stop the Overwatch talk. Makes me want to reach in and kill you. This isn't an Overwatch podcast now, is it? <laughs> you know, that, that we're getting this complaint like two years into the Overwatch life cycle is, is funny to me. It, well, because we still talk about it every week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I blame Ken and Drew mostly because they're the ones that are playing the Overwatch the most still. So, <laughs> at them, not me, okay? Right. I did. I did play it this week. I had a really bad session last night. And that's when I went to go play Fortnite because I'm like, I just, I can't do this right now. And then I played Fortnite. I'm like, you know what? See you thieves on Tuesday. It's time for a refresh. <laughs> it's time for a refresh yeah, from this. So it's coming out soon enough. Yep. Although it comes out the same day Brigitte goes live, so there is that. I don't know, I kind of want to talk about Overwatch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I could too. Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, Dustin is tweeting again. Says any last-minute recommendations for WiiWare and Wii eShop games people should get before they're lost forever? That's right. That shuts down real soon, doesn't it? Wii eShop, huh? Wow. Yeah, they're finally like sunsetting that bitch. Um, the Metroid Prime Trilogy Collection. You can get that on Wii U. I thought that was a Wii Shop thing that you have to pick up, no? No, it, it, there was a physical release, and then they re-released it on the Wii U. Okay, yeah, that's that's probably what I have then. Yeah, That that version of the game actually loads faster, plays better. God, you know, truthfully, I would have to pull up a list of WiiWare games, because I don't mm-hmm. remember what was released a, on that. It's been a long, long time. I will say the Wii actually has some surprisingly good like RPGs that you can still play on your Wii U. So if you can get games like Xenoblade Chronicles you know, 1 or like Lost Story, 
um, Pandora's Tower. Those games are all really neat. Obviously, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 being the best of the bunch. But, yeah, those those are Wii games. Well, WiiWare was like uh, indie games, like downloadable games. If you remember back on the Wii, you couldn't download, like, regular games on there. Really? Nope. Dude, it's been so long since I've actually thought about the Wii in general that I don't even remember. There's a lot of games on WiiWare. Hmm. A lot. (laughs) I'm looking at the list right now. It is massive. Holy cow. There's a Castlevania game on it. Castlevania The Adventure Rebirth was released December 28th, 2009. Contra Rebirth is also on it. Was released May 19th. Sorry, September 7th, 2009. Holy cow, there's a lot of games on here. Uh, There's a Dr. Mario game. Man. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Final Fantasy IV. Wasn't that a GameCube game? These are all games listed for WiiWare, North America, Sexy Poker. The thing about Nintendo is that you know they're going to have, like, these games re-released at some point of time if they're of any value most of the time. So it's like, I, don't, I wouldn't even stress it too much if you're thinking about you're missing, on a, missing out on games at this point. There is one that I think maybe you should grab. It's a WarioWare DIY Showcase. That's a pretty good one. All the WarioWare games were great. Yep. And also Sexy Poker. You should download Sexy Poker. I mean, come on. I mean, come it's on. Sexy poker. Sexy poker. Uh, he also says, played through the Psychonauts VR game and wasn't that impressed. Simple puzzles with few jokes. Yeah, that's a VR, VR experience in a nutshell in a lot of ways. It's kind of a watered down, but the novelty of it being in VR is mostly the selling point. Yeah. Poor VR. Uh, I started Alpha Protocol, and man, that game has some jank, but I'm still really enjoying it. Can't wait to listen to the PD episodes. Oh, yeah, dude. That was uh, one of the favorite, one of my favorite PD episodes that we did. I've done a bunch of PD series with Drew and Matt at this point, but I think that was the first one I did with them, and um, you could probably tell on my how terrible my mic quality was back then, but that game is a gem. Boy, like, you guys have ever played Alpha Protocol in here? I played through the first act. How about you, Ryan? No, I haven't played it. Oh, dude, I know you like the jank games, and I think <laughs> this game might be right up your alley. Not because of the jank, but because of the underlying depth of the story and how crazy the choices that you can make can differentiate your playthrough compared to someone else's. I, I've really heard fantastic. it was great. Yeah, it I've is. heard it was great. It's a fucking stones, man. I still think the best PD episode is the one where I got smashed throughout the episode. The the Metal Gear Solid. Metal one, Gear right? Solid Five. Yeah. I was. I don't remember the last half of that episode. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> Progressively getting more and more drunk. I was it's doing just... I was doing shots of Jack Daniels. It's basically how you should run every podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to do shots of Jack Daniels at 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You, it's not It's not a problem if you're doing it to make your work more interesting, you know? Right? Oh, so, no, that's no, right. No. Yeah. 
his last tweet says, Think we'll ever get Fatal Frame 5 on Switch and a translation of 4. Also, with Valkyria Chronicles 4 coming in October, will we ever get 3? Um, Sega has become better at handling games that weren't localized before, especially with games like Yakuza series, which they really started to try to do justice by, and I really appreciate that. But Valkyria, I think it's going to determine how many copies Valkyria Chronicle 4 sells, right? And let's say if that sells really well, we might be able to get a remaster of 3 and 2 on the PS4 or something like that, which I would really like for, especially for 3, which never came out. But when it comes down to... Um, Fatal Frame, I don't. I think there's very, very little hope. What do you feel about that, Ken? Have you played those games before? Yeah, I think that series might be dead. When they moved it to the Wii U and mm-hmm. made it like download exclusive, like nobody bought that thing. Yeah, and it makes I'm me sad because also that wasn't selling too well, and you know, <laughs> digital only. They didn't even. I didn't even, didn't buy even it. advertise it. You know, it just got like shadow drop one day. You know. Yeah. I didn't even buy it, and I'm a huge Fatal Frame fan, and I, you know, it's one of those things I've regretted for a long time that I didn't buy it, but man, Nintendo's digital service, and having to play with the Wii gamepad, like, like everything about that game made me not want to play it, and it... I kind of I I like the Wii U gameplay element, but the thing is, the game has... Is paced very poorly in the in the regards where you have to backtrack constantly over areas that you've been to too many times. Even more for you know, I, I understand Fatal Frame games have done that a lot, but even more uh, than usual, they've done that. It feels like a cheap, cheap cash in for the series, and it doesn't feel like a legitimate entry in a lot of ways. So I would love to see a Fatal Frame six. I think Fatal Frame five, especially because of the Wii U pad implementation, it'd be very difficult to you know kind of. Um, Put it out on any con- any other platform at this point, but I would love a Fatal Frame Six or something like that. You know, fully budgeted, uh, well supported game on the Switch. That's, but, that mm. first three games are my second most wanted remastered trilogy behind Xeno. Oh, the uh, Fatal Frame One, Two, Three. Yeah, behind Xenosaga. One, two, three. Mm. Yeah, they would make for some good uh, good remasters, actually. Those are both Bandai and Namco, wasn't Xeno? Well, they're they're Tecmo games. Tecmo Koei, sorry. Yeah, yeah, or Tecmo Koei. So if they can, if they can stop right? making Dynasty Warriors game for half a second and maybe look into this, I'd appreciate it. Didn't but, yeah. didn't Namco Bando, Namco Bandai publish the Xeno Saga games on PS2? Was that them? Uh, I could. I have the literal PS2 box copy of Xeno Saga One, Two, and Three on my shelf. I can look at it right now. Me too. I'd almost guarantee you those games were. I can look it up. I mean, I thought those were Bandai Namco. Yeah, Namco. It's right on the box. Because before it was Bandai Namco, it was just Namco. So yeah, Monolith Soft and Namco. Interesting. I would love. I would love for them to bring back Xenosaga. Okay, so the first two games were published by Namco because the that was before the merger, and the, the third game was published by Bandai Namco because the merger happened right before. Yep. There you go. Yep. So there. Bring those games back. And Fatal Frame One, Two, Three, HD remasters. Yep. I, I'll I'll buy those. I I know a lot of people will buy the Xenosaga ones. Make it happen. That's all the tweets, though. All right. So, 
Yeah. If you want to shoot us a tweet, it's at M4G Podcast. If you want to follow us individually, Jay is at bottom side J. Ryan is at Wombat RP. You can follow me at ZTGD and the site at ZTGD Content. Also, there'll be a Phoenix Down sometime. I don't. Uh, fuck, how I many? Don't. How long have they taken off? This has it been a month yet, or uh, about, I believe right? it's been a month. Let's take a look at when the last episode was published. Last Phoenix Down was on February nineteenth, brother. So yes, exactly one month since the last Oof. Phoenix Down. But uh, get a cut, cut, drill break, and Matt as well. They're they're busy guys, and they're going through a lot of stuff right now. They'll be back with a really good game, you know, rating Historia. So I think it'll be a good uh, podcast to listen to. If you want to shoot us an email, please, because you didn't send none this week, so send us some next week. Uh, it's podcasts at dtgd.com. Shoot them in, we'll read them. Say hello, how you doing? Send us some some weird emails. I don't care. I read them. Get fuck. Anyway. That's the show for this week. Enjoy all your video games. Enjoy life. Give Drew shit on Twitter because he's not showing up for podcasts anymore. Always. Uh, unless anybody has anything else, we could be done. Now, yeah, last time. Lunch time. Peace out, bitches. Alrighty, and it goes something like this.